society tells us that we have to have it all together to be successful. And if we don't have it all together, or if we have problems, we are a problem. So the last thing anybody wants to be is a problem. So we mask and hide all of those pressures so that we have the seemingly exterior appearance like we have it all together. It takes a lot of courage and bravery to be the person to say, you're not those things. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay. And I'm Lisa Zeveld, the COO of Belay. Together, we are TNLZ. We've known each other since 2005 and have worked together for a decade, growing a 100% remote business from startup to being recognized on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies list for six years running. LZ and I have learned a lot along the way and have made some great friends. For one next step, we are inviting them on the podcast to bring you episodes filled with excellent content delivered by some talented people. Today, LZ and I are going to explore the response, I'm fine. <laughs> On average, we say I'm fine 14 times a week, but only 19% of us actually mean it. So you know what that says? We're all lying to ourselves yeah. and each other. <laughs> you know that experience, you walk by somebody in the hallway or you see somebody on a Zoom call yes. or you get on the phone with a friend and you say, hey, how are you today? And what is the instinctual response we hear? I'm fine. How are you? And it just repeats. It's such a common thing to say these days. It's almost as casual as saying hello. Totally. It reminds me of that Friends episode, the one where Ross is just fine. If you're a fan of the show, you remember that episode very well. Ross finds out his ex-girlfriend and the mother of his daughter is dating his best friend. He responds by continually saying, I'm fine. Fine. There's a couple memes. There's some good memes <laughs> yes. out there with Ross and his bobblehead saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. Totally. Even sweatshirts now, I've seen those. You <laughs> yeah. know? His voice only gets louder and squeakier. He tries so hard to prove that he's happy for them, but it grossly reveals he's actually not fine at all. I mean, yeah. right, we all say it. I'm a, I mean, I do this, right? Sometimes we mean it and sometimes we actually don't. Today, we're going to explore why it's such a popular response, why society views it even as an acceptable answer, how we and the members of our team have more honest, vulnerable relationships, and what we can do when we're actually not fine. All right, T, I'm dying to know, have you ever had a Ross moment? Do you ever feel the need to cover up the truth of how you really are doing and really feeling? I mean, yes. I mean, I, I don't think we can be honest with ourselves and say we're never always fine, right? right. So totally. I think there, and, and I'm so looking forward to diving into this conversation. I think there's so many reasons mm -hmm. why that is the response that people give. Um, and that's why I think that this conversation will be fascinating as we kind of talk through it. But but at the end of the day, I think there's there's this stigma about feeling like you have it all together and mm -hmm. um, not letting people know you're not fine. Yeah. Because what does it mean for you? Does it mean you're weak? Does it mean you're being overly sensitive? I mean, whatever the, all those things right. mean. So 
it's all very fascinating, but, but we all do it. I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, for me, I've always had goals to continually less do it, which right. we'll talk about, but let's start off and talk about where did this response become the response? Yeah. I mean, I think that it, number one, I think it's easy. It's quick and it's convenient. You know, I mean, there's sort of a joke about it. Like you get into an elevator back when we actually could go places, right? Like you get in an elevator, perhaps a coworker back in the day, like, Hey, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm fine. Like then there became this, this joke of, do people actually really care? Right. So I think it's somewhat right. circumstantial. You're in the elevator. Someone says, Hey, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I mean, you don't want to say, well, today's not great. My car broke down on the way here and the baby was fussy and I don't know how I'm right. going to pay my mortgage. <laughs> you don't want to be like Debbie Downer, right? right? Out the gate. You'd be like, actually, I suck you know, right. today. <laughs> right. So I think, I think there are circumstances where us asking the question is actually that we're, we actually don't want the real answer for it. it it's just more of like yeah. a high, like we said in the intro here. It's just, it's just a starter. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps we can even do a better job of asking the question. Maybe it's just, hi, good morning. Not, hey, how are you? Because we know the answer is going to be fine because you don't have the space or the time to actually dive into really how somebody's feeling. So I think first and foremost, it's easy, it's convenient, and we also need to reposition how we're using that as an intro to start a conversation. point that you say is that we are actually in the habit of soliciting that answer because we're actually always asking, how are you? Right. So like your, your natural commentary and, and I know I do this is like, Hey, how are you? Right. Hi, how are you? Like, we're always asking that, like, but to your point, why don't we just say good morning? Right. (laughs) Or like, you know, maybe I think we're actually asking somebody a question when we don't mean to. Correct. Yes. Yes. And so the the appropriate thing to do is then to respond with an answer. Mm-hmm. And you don't you're not engaging in some you know if you're no. in an elevator or whatever you're not trying to engage in a conversation. So the response then becomes I'm good. Right. I'm good. Yeah. Especially if it's a stranger. You know, I I think there's multiple ways to handle the conversation. If it's me and you and you call me and you say hey how are you doing we have that relationship capital that I'm not going to say fine. You know, I, I'm actually yeah. going to really tell you how I'm feeling in the moment, whether you want to hear it or not. Yeah. <laughs> that's what friends um, are for. That's right. That's right. But I think that just learning how to have true conversations with strangers or with peers or being mindful of the environment by which you're asking it, because it really... Um, saying I'm fine too doesn't allow for follow-up questions because you may not have the time or you may not want to share it with that person. And so I think it just becomes a way of kind of protecting yourself instead Mm -hmm. of going, like I said, like my example is if you get in an elevator and says, someone says, Hey, how are you today? And you know that your car broke down and the baby is sick Mm -hmm. and you don't know how you're going to pay your mortgage. You don't want to say all those things. And then the person goes, Oh my gosh, well, what's wrong with the baby? Or, oh my gosh, what happened to your car this morning? You know, you don't want to kind of dive into the next layer of that vulnerability. And quite frankly, you may not have the time to do it either. So I think that that's, that's, you know, another aspect of it. Yeah. So it's certainly where it stems, you know, it's certainly probably the origin cause of the phrase, I'm fine. But in today's society, it's even gone, it's even gone deeper than that, where you could be 
with people you know, whether it's mm-hmm. friends or family or coworkers, who you're literally having a conversation and there's this still this I'm fine um, sure. result that you're getting from that, you know, especially especially as women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it gives the illusion that everything is okay. Right. And that's and that's what we're trying to say is that I'm fine. Everything is fine. I think you can ask any boyfriend or husband, anybody who's ever been in a relationship with a woman, and they will say um, <laughs> that if she answers, I'm fine, that is your cue that trouble. she's not. <laughs> Go get flowers immediately. <laughs> right. Right. You can say, no, I'm good. Right. But if you say I'm fine, then no, no, no. That is big red lights out there uh, that if you hear that that definitely is something is not fine (laughs) but I, I do I think it just gives the illusion there's a lot of pressure in today's society for us to be perfect and for everything to be okay and to not share what's really going on and so I think that it's just an easy answer not to go into places that some people actually don't even want to talk about. Lots of hurts and pains and our own insecurities of of what's happening and like you said for women it's it's difficult and and I know that it's difficult for men too, you know. I mean, I always mm-hmm. say that when God blessed me with having a son, it really opened my eyes to the insecurities of of men as well as mm-hmm. women. So it's it's just tough. It it's it really is is tough and so I'm fine becomes the mask a lot of times. Yeah, I think to your point that there is the society tells us that we have to have it all together to be successful. And if we don't have it all together, or if we have problems, we are a problem. Um, right. And so the last thing anybody wants to be is a problem. So mm-hmm. we mask and, and hide all of those pressures so that we have the seemingly exterior appearance of, I have it all together. I'm living the perfect life. I've got a happy marriage, an awesome job. My kids are all awesome. Right. You know, I have the white picket fence and the, the, the perfect dog and all the things because that's what we're striving to be. And if we don't have that, what does that say about us? So there's there's just so much pressure to seem like mm-hmm. we have it all together. And I think it's it takes a very unique, I like to say, it takes a lot of courage and bravery to be the person to say, you're not those things. And, you know, I, you know, the authenticity and courage that it takes for somebody to, to really, really, first of all, admit to themselves and mm-hmm. then be able to say, you know, to be honest about it with, you know, your coworkers and, and bosses and peers and friends and family to say, I don't have it all together. I'm human. We're, mm-hmm. we're not born and, or meant or created to be perfect. And I have right. errors and I have hard things going on in my life and, this one area might be working at, you know, working and being so successful, but there's this other thing over here that's not great. Um, And I think it takes a lot of courage and strength to be a person that can say and put the shame away and say like, it's not great, but I'm doing my thing. And that's life. Like life is messy. It's not perfect. And you don't have to be fine. Yeah. Well, what do you think that that means for leaders as a leader, as a CEO of Belay? You know, how do you feel that needs to be represented as a leader in, a, in an organization? I mean, do you feel like so often leaders need to put that veil of I'm fine on? I mean, you know, being a woman on mm-hmm. one hand, but also being a leader yeah. of an organization. I mean, is, is that true about us, too? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's there's a balance. So the first thing is, 
as a leader, I always want to be relatable. And Mm -hmm. I feel like if you put on an air of everything is perfect, you become completely unrelatable. Mm -hmm. People are like, man, she's got every box checked and it's all perfect. Like I can't see myself in her. So I think from an influence perspective and just a relatability perspective, I'm actually really comfortable being very vulnerable and authentic about my whatever I might be struggling with or whatever or I'm not doing well in, or I'll be the first, you know, I easily admit, gosh, you know, home life is really hard. My kids are really struggling with school. I'm not trying to pretend that there's anything because I think that there, there is something important about being relatable as an executive or a leader in a business. You want your team to feel like you're real and you're authentic and you're not hiding something, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there is that part that I feel like bring yourself to the table Um, But there's also, to me, the flip side of that is, you know, it's like being a captain of a ship, right? If the ship goes, is going down, you don't want the captain completely scattered and, oh my God, and everything's Mm -hmm. not fine. And you kind of also have to know that you're driving the ship, you have to be in charge and you have to know what you're doing and have confidence in what you're doing. So there's also this, I've got this mentality that you have to partner with the... I'm, you know, I'm messy human, but I, I have this and you can, you can rely on me to make the right decisions and do the right things in that respect. I am fine. Right. So I right. think it's a, it's an interesting balance of, um, competency yeah. and relatability you're putting yeah. together. Well, I was going to say emotional intelligence and mental fortitude in my, mm-hmm. my dad, I have a lot of, you know, I'm a, I'm a proud, daughter and granddaughter of a lot of veterans and in multiple military branches. And so, you know, I kind of grew up with that, like, who was going to take you into battle, you know, Mm. and so there's, there's some of that, that you need to know that your leaders have good mental fortitude, and that they have good emotional intelligence. And so I think that there is a part of vulnerability that is Mm -hmm. good to share, but it's knowing how much to share and when to share it. Because right. if you're breaking down over something that's happening that's not at the same level of something that might happen in your organization, then your team could go, oh, well, he or she broke down about a, a you know unsuccessful product. But what happens when there's a pandemic? Are they going to have yeah. the mental mm-hmm. fortitude to take me through a, what, what's going to happen in our business in a pandemic? Or if yes. we need to talk about cash flow, that's differently. So I think that... Yeah. I think that you're right. I think that there is something to being authentic and real, but also having the emotional intelligence to know at what point to share it and how yeah. much to share. Because some, some of it sometimes TMI. There's this totally. TMI thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I want to follow strong leaders. You know, you know, not people who are fake, but people who are strong. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and I, I think that that speaks to to that too. Yeah. What do you think, you know, why do we continue to respond with this insincere, I'm fine? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's some of the stuff that we talked about before. I think it's, you know, can be fear of rejection, abandonment, you know, out of shame. Um, you know, mental health right now is a, is a topic in our society that's starting to be okay to talk about. Uh, you know, a little bit about habit and expectation. I, th- I think all of those things are, are really wrapped up together. But I think that we, our generation, 
is starting to change the landscape of what a good leader looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, if I think back to some great leaders of, you know, large Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies back in the day, they would have never showed an inkling of emotion or Mm -hmm. care or love you know, it is quite common, you know, for us as leaders to say that how much we care about our employees, we want the very best for them. And it's not about ruling with this iron fist. And so I think in yeah. order to be relatable and to encourage our team members, we have to look at this a little bit differently and start to say that it's okay to to share and not focus on the shame of it or the fear of rejection mm-hmm. or the abandonment or just oh, the habit yeah. and the expectation, yeah. you know? It's yes. retraining yourself um, mm-hmm. yourself not to do that. And so I think I, we're really seeing a change, and I'm excited about the change. And hopefully yeah. anybody who's listening, mm-hmm. you know, feels the encouragement. You know, I mean, I know that we are speaking of this, again, from a, a woman's perspective, but I, I think it's probably actually even harder for men, to be truthful oh, for sure because yeah. in our society we have really put them that they are you know whether they're the head of the household or the head mm-hmm. of their family or the head of an organization and they have to come off as strong and tough and so i think as women sometimes we don't share those things because we don't want to be seen as less than because we're already mm-hmm. trying so hard to get to the top and be mm-hmm. at the top and for us not to seem as weak i think men have it the other way i think that they're naturally seen as natural born leaders. And so mm-hmm. what would it do t- for them if they did have a to little bit of vulnerability? not show up that way. Yes. yes, yes. And so I think yes. that we're both, yeah. we both have the same problems. It, it's just a mm. result of something differently of, of how society has trained us to be. And I'm excited for the next generation. I'm excited for my kids because even in our conversations that we're having, uh, for those listening, I've got one in college and one in high school. We have really deep conversations about how even my husband and I think about things and how their generation thinks about things and the difference already. And so it's exciting. Oh, yes. To well, know the new that, and up king kind yes. of millennials and below, like they have a completely different expectation of society, totally. of work, of having purpose and meaning. Like they don't yes. accept the I'm fine and they're never totally. and they're not going to be the generation that responds with an I'm fine. They won't. Either. Yeah, because they're growing up under different cultural norms than we grew up. I'm not saying we're old or anything. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. We are so young. Gen Xers. I mean, we're We're so cool. We're so young. So young. (laughs) (laughs) Us more mature ladies. But yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, the up and coming younger generations in our society really are, they're not going to accept I'm fine. They're not living their lives that way. They don't believe Mm -hmm. in the status quo and they want more out of life. So I I love that for our culture because you'll... We'll start seeing a shift over time yeah. of the I'm finers versus the those that don't accept that kind of happen as that generation grows up. Well, and I think as leaders, we have to remember that we are leading different generations of people, right? Yeah. And so you also need to find a way in order to relate and be able to lead different generations. And so to your point, you're probably have some millennials in your organization and your business right now who just automatically expect you to be vulnerable and transparent. 
And then you're going to mm-hmm. have people who are more of your baby boomers mm-hmm. who don't really want to know what happened. They don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no. They don't care. No, <laughs> they, they don't want to care. And so I think it's also your audience, which goes yeah. back to emotional intelligence. You need yes. to know who your audience is to true to yourself. First and foremost, you need to be true to you. But I think it is somewhat of a, a generational thing, too. Yeah, totally agree. So let's wrap this beautiful conversation in a bow and, and let's maybe talk through like some tips for somebody. You know, yeah. if they're looking to kind of like, let's just say you realize that maybe you're an I'm fine person and you want to be less of that person. You want to be more open and vulnerable. Let's kind of like maybe lay out some steps that somebody can take to make a shift in how they communicate. Yeah, well, I think it's like any habit or or a goal, right? You need to start out small. So if the, if you're not comfortable sharing, you know, maybe start with what you did over the weekend mm-hmm. instead of just saying I'm fine. Like, oh, you know, like oh, how are you? Oh, great. You know, my weekend I did this. Like, become kind of test the waters mm-hmm. with the people in what I would like to say would be your colleagues, your peers, mm-hmm. your neighbors, people who aren't in your inner circle. Like you you just yeah. want to start and see what you're comfortable sharing. Because what I do know is that once you start with baby steps mm-hmm. and you just start sharing a little bit about your life, it becomes a heck of a lot easier to open up into real important things when the audience is right. And that's my second point yeah. is find an audience where you can be real and you're you can open up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said about you, I know that if you ask me how I'm doing, I can tell you how I'm doing. As with several other, you know, strong Mm -hmm. leaders that we have here within our organization, you know, because we have built that relationship capital and I I feel I'm trusted, you know, Mm -hmm. I I trust them and it's comfortable and I know that I'm not going to be judged. And so I recommend finding those people because that also stretches the muscle too for that authenticity and wait to see how people light up and what they say yeah. and how they respond. Yeah, and I think it even begins with, to your point, like just start with baby steps, but give yourself the time. I think a lot of times people maybe don't have these conversations because they're hurrying. They don't have time. Mm-hmm. They're right. hurrying to the next thing. I know for me mm-hmm. as an eight, I organically may limit the length of conversation or what I share with somebody because I'm already thinking about the thing I have to go do right after I'm done talking to you. Mm -hmm. And so for me, mentally, I have to tell myself, like, these conversations, the authenticity is important. So slow the heck down and take a minute and Mm -hmm. have a conversation with this person, right? So I think for some of us, the driven leader who's like has a to-do list a mile long and is trying to accomplish everything in the world, sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need space and permission to give yourself and say, I'm going to put buffers and room in my day so that I can actually have meaningful conversation. And and I can't have the excuse that says, I'm busy, I have a meeting I got to get to. So I'd say, make some time. Start with baby steps. Start with your close circle that you're comfortable with. And then ask for help if you can't from there. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, what I would also say, too, is, you know, don't manufacture anything if if everything is okay. Like, yeah. the, the whole idea is mm-hmm. that you should have seasons in your life where things are great. And answer, I'm great. Like, don't don't be ashamed yeah. when things are going really, really well, you know? But I love the fact that you said take the time for the conversation, because here's what I also know, is that just because things are great for you. So if, if you have somebody mm-hmm. that says, hey, how are you? And you're like, I'm great. Pause and say, but how are you? 
And then if they share something that they're going through that's hard, allow the time to then relate to them and have that conversation. Because I also know that we crave that as people, we crave a deeper connection. And I think this is what it is about for me is it's about having that deeper connection where when things are great, you have people to celebrate with you. But on the other side, when things aren't great, that you feel comfortable sharing that and really having somebody to listen that in general will, will make us a greater society and a greater culture and have an amazing business at the end of the day. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. And you tie it all in a bow. One last comment. I love this conversation. But my one last comment, even about the I'm fine, is don't accept it from your clients either. Oh, yes. Good point. Well, that yeah. could be a whole nother episode. Yeah. Future episode. Future but, episode. You know, right if you there, are yeah. calling your client and asking yes. how your services are, how are you? Are you satisfied with our service? And they say, it's, I'm fine. Dig deeper because they're not totally. fine. And, and, and what made me think of that was just you saying like, you might be great and somebody else may not be. And they might say they're fine, but then mm-hmm. like, Dig into that. Read the undertone. Like yeah. what? Read between the lines because sometimes you can tell when somebody says they're fine and they're not. And the same thing goes for business. You can totally take right. this this whole thing and, and carry it into your client experience and say if somebody says, "Oh yeah, it's good," good is not great, and so right. fine is not good, and good is not great, and we want to be great. So it requires mm-hmm. us digging deep. So that's what I would you know kind of end it all on is um, digging deep in relationships and, and digging deep sometimes means asking more questions. Man, what a great conversation, T. But it is time for the one next step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure taking action is easy. So with each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you forward. Today's next step is to access this episode's activation guide, which is a quiz our team developed to help you evaluate your communication skills. This quiz is a series of questions to help you reflect on the reasons you may be using the phrase, I'm fine, and how to share more authentically. I love it. I love authenticity. So to download the guide now, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit one next step podcast.com. When you request today's guide, you're also going to receive a summary of today's episode, which will include key quotes, takeaways, and links to resources. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you've enjoyed what you're hearing from us. And now we want to hear from you. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave us a review. We've created this podcast to help you lead your team and grow your business. So we read every one of them. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. Join us next week for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.